Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. So tell me, but you don't have to tell me, think about it. What are you looking forward to watching this Christmas? What are you looking forward to watching this Christmas? When I was a child, the only time we ever bought the Radio Times was the Christmas edition. Because we needed to find out what films were coming on on Christmas Day and Boxing Day that we were desperate to see. And so it was the only time that either the TV Times or the Radio Times appeared in the Allman household. Nowadays, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because whatever you want to watch, you'll find it somewhere. If it's not on terrestrial, it'll be on Netflix, it'll be on Sky, it'll be on Amazon Prime, it'll be on somewhere. So there's no real um, desire to, to start looking for our films anymore. I actually think that dramas have taken the place of films nowadays. And certainly there'll be some that our household will be looking forward to watching. For example, this one. You know, I was looking forward to watching Call the Midwife last year, but they put it on at 8 o'clock, and by that time on Christmas Day, I'm just... <laughs> I don't think I've still seen the 2020 Call the Midwife special. Or, in our house, one that's become a favourite drama nowadays is this one. All Creatures Great and Small on Channel 5, if you've seen that one. But that's certainly a, a real big fan. The fact that it's Yorkshire and it's Harriet Country and all those other things. The one that we do miss is this one. Christmas without Downton just doesn't seem right, does it? Do you know, it's interesting that all of these kind of period dramas have some sense of duty about them, don't they? Whether it's a, a, a midwife on call to pick up the phone at whatever time on Christmas Day or a, a veterinary surgeon that gets called out to a stable in the middle of the night or, in the case of Downton, duty is seen in the life of service that many of the servants have. To me, this is a picture of duty, this very man. Charles Carson, the butler on Downton. If you look into the history of the programme, he went to work for the, the, the family, um, the Grantham family, at the age of 19, worked himself up from being a footman to the point of being the head butler. But everything that he does is done dutifully. We all do things out of a sense of duty or obligation. Every single one of us. That could be duty to family, it could be duty to our workplace, it could be duty to church, it could be duty to school. Every single one of us will do something out of duty or obligation. I looked at the word dutiful, and it, it means this, it says this as a good description. Accepting of one's moral obligations and willing to do them well and without complaint. 
That's what it is to be dutiful, to have and accept one's moral obligations and be to, to be willing to do them well and without complaint. I think the only problem we often can have with duty is that duty can become unfulfilling. It can become boring because we do it all the time and we do it habitually rather than engage with it passionately. This morning, I want to look at this word as it applies to Joseph. Our Advent series is God with us. And today, I want us to think about how God was with Joseph. Joseph the dutiful. Mary's pregnancy creates a real issue for this simple carpenter. It really does. Not only does it create private pain for him because he knows he's not the father. So immediately he's thinking, well, who is? So it causes this private pain for the man. But more than that, it has all the ingredients of public scandal. Oh, he's not the father. You can tell. If the Daily Mirror had been around 2,000 years ago, wow, what a story they'd have had in Nazareth that day. How would Joseph handle this pregnancy? You see, Joseph was a decent man. Everything we read about him, Joseph was a decent man. And knowing he was not the father of Mary's baby, after much thought, Joseph had planned to divorce her quietly. We read these words as they appear in the scripture. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was a decent man. Now actually, he was under no duty to do this. He was under no duty to do this. By the religious law of the day, he could have claimed his right as an injured husband. He wasn't the guilty party. He was the innocent one. He was the one being injured against. And actually, in those days, 2,000 years ago, being engaged, as Mary and Joseph were, had the same weight as being married. And so this wasn't just a case of, I was splitting up. This was more than that. The law of the land demanded that Joseph could have had her stoned. That's what the religious law of the day said. And so if he'd have been well within his rights, his duty, he'd have announced her to be a a charlatan and had her stoned. But no, he didn't. He wasn't obligated in any way to protect her, but he does it because he feels it's the right thing to do. And in so doing, he becomes dutiful. It was the right thing to do, and therefore he becomes dutiful. You know, when we're under pressure, who we really are tends to come out. I don't know whether you find that. I certainly do. You might discover that over the next two weeks if you're around me in any way, shape or form. But when we're under pressure, who we really are tends to come out. I'm always in awe of these, these great PR companies who can come up with some amazing slogans that are just such motivational things that we all think and know and they just hang around. Nike, whoever Nike hire to do their slogans is incredible. Nike, in 1988, came out with this slogan, Just Do It. They've kept it ever since. It's their slogan. But since then, they've come up with ones every year, different ones. Here's a few of them. 
The only one who can tell you you can't is you. And you don't have to listen. What a great quote. Failure is not an option. It's a step. You can feel sore tomorrow or you can feel sorry tomorrow. You choose. Whoever thinks up these motivational little ditties, hats off to them. Well, this is one of Nike's most recent ones. And it was on a t-shirt. Made under pressure. Made under pressure. You know, I think that God forges our spiritual formation under pressure. When we have those difficult moments in life, like Joseph, that's how God forms our spiritual formation. And without those moments, we don't get the spiritual formation. I think sometimes it's very difficult to look beyond the imminent and the crushing pressures of momentary afflictions. If you're under the cosh, that's all that matters. And as pressure intensifies, when it does at points in our life, we have to maintain a clear sense of identity so that we can keep a perspective about our circumstances. And it's here that we see God with Joseph. Joseph's under the cosh. He's under pressure. But God comes alongside him. Under pressure, who he really is starts to come out. Joseph's a righteous, decent man, and it shows. Actually, he's a loving man. Even though he doesn't understand what's going on, he loves this woman. And that's why his care goes to the point of, do you know what, I'm not going to, no, no, I'm going to do the decent thing. I'm just going to bring it to an end quietly. Joseph had a plan to deal with this problem that was rooted in decency. Because that's the kind of man he was. Now the only trouble was, Joseph's plan dealt with the public issue. By divorcing her quietly, there would be no scandal. They'd just go their own separate ways. Maybe she'd go away for a few months. Nobody would ever think twice about it. So the public issues dealt with. But what about her claim? What about the claims that she is making? This wasn't just a case that the baby wasn't his. It was somebody else's. She was actually telling him this baby was the begotten child of God. Perhaps it might have been easier actually for Joseph if there had been somebody else. Perhaps he could have understood it a bit better. But to suddenly be faced with this claim, I'm having a baby. It's nobody else's. It's God's. Whoa! How would you have reacted to that? How would you react if it was today, if somebody tried... We'd think they were bonkers and cart them off to the funny farm, wouldn't they? His claim was... Her claim was ridiculous. What on earth was it all about? And yet God comes alongside Joseph and God says to Joseph, Listen, you, you've got a place in this story. This isn't just a story about Mary and my son. You have a place in this story. Joseph was told he was part of it. God was with Mary and Joseph. 
And what was happening here was Joseph was being asked to live according to God's will and purpose. Being dutiful suddenly takes on a whole new meaning for him. Joseph was asked to be obedient even though it was uncomfortable. How do you feel about that? Listen, trust me, you're part of the plan. I want you to be part of it. I know it's uncomfortable, but... I'm a great fan of Kerry Newhoff, and some of his writings are really good. And one of the things I read in a blog of his recently was this. One of the most perplexing questions a Christian will face when it comes to risk is this. Am I trusting God, or am I simply being foolish? The question isn't as dumb as it seems, because there's a fine line between faith and irresponsibility, and at times it's almost impossible to see. Newhoff gives us some really helpful advice, I think, because he says that actually uncertainty is something that we all face. Risk-taking is something that we all face. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, am I trusting God or am I simply being foolish? I wonder how Moses felt standing up in front of Pharaoh. Trusting God or foolish? Because it could have ended up belly up for him. The same for every other great prophet, Daniel. Daniel standing firm. It'd have been great if he'd have got to the lion's den and actually his trust had been misplaced and suddenly he'd been tea for some hungry animals. The, the difference between trust and foolishness are very slim. Newhoff gives us some really helpful things in order to try and answer this question. And he says this, when we're in a place of uncertainty, when things are unclear, he asks himself two things. He said, is wisdom killing my trust in God? Do you know what? We can be so wise that we don't feel we need to trust in God. But secondly, he says, to balance that, he says, does my trust in God disregard wisdom? Am I being so heavenly minded, I can't actually see the common sense being laid before me that God has imparted to me? You know, I think it's important as people of faith that we recognise that we don't have all the answers. I was stood in Caroline in the town yesterday between umpteen preachers, all preaching the absolute. They were right. They, were tr- they had the truth. I thought to myself, I wonder what people make of this. Because, you know, as people of faith, we don't always have the answers. But the Bible is full of risk takers who could have easily ended up looking rather foolish. Equally so, church history is littered with individuals who have ended up looking rather foolish due to some poorly conceived notion or idea. It's about balance. And I think questions like this, two simple questions, get that balance right. Coming back to Joseph, in the midst of this difficulty, in the midst of this painful situation, God is with Joseph in an incredible way. He sends an angel to tell Joseph the truth. This is what we read. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she'll give birth to a son, and you to give him the name Jesus. An angel is sent to Joseph 
to reveal the truth of the situation. To calm his inner turmoil. To give him the wisdom to know what to do. And when Joseph wakes up from this dream, he's got a clear choice. Does he stick to his own good plan to divorce her quietly? Very human plan. Or does he trust God and follow the risky plan that God's shown him and say, Take her. It's all within my plans. He chooses the latter. And he takes a brave step to do a God-inspired thing. Joseph says yes to playing his part in God's story, regardless of the personal consequences. Because mark my words, there's still personal consequences that come, come from this. The potential shame was huge. Joseph moved from a place of compassion and duty to a place where he was listening to God and taking a brave step to do a God-inspired thing. I'm finished now, you'll be pleased to know. But on finishing, I want to say to you that I think sometimes we do what is expected or considered to be the right thing to do. And yet we miss the opportunity to live out the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. We do what is expected. We do what we think is right. But we miss out on doing the dreams God has placed in our hearts. God gave Joseph an inspired vision. And he did it. He could have just done what was expected and divorced her quietly. Joseph was indeed dutiful. But thankfully he could see that God, apart for him in this incredible story, God was with him. And with wisdom he trusted God and took the brave step to do the God-inspired thing. I am guessing most of you will not be in the position of Joseph this Christmas. I hope you're not anyway. However, you may be well finding yourself doing what is expected or what you consider to be the right thing when actually what God wants you to do is take a brave step of doing a God-inspired thing, a new thing that might lead to a very different outcome. Living dutifully is a worthy attribute. But do you know what? So is living out the dreams that God has placed on our heart. Which one will you do? Which one will you do? Let's pray together. Father God, we think of Joseph today and he's often overlooked. He's the husband, he's the carpenter, he's the guy that leads the donkey, he's the guy that does all the little things in the background. But actually, today you've reminded us that he had an important part, an important place in your story. Lord, he chose to bravely do the thing that you inspired him to do, the thing that you laid before him. Yes, he was dutiful, 
But Lord, he also recognized the dream that God had placed there and fulfilled it. And so, Lord, in all that we do for you at this time, in all that we do for ourselves, in the way that we live dutifully, may we not forget to seek the wisdom and the vision of God and take the brave step to do the God-inspired thing. Lord, this Christmas, inspire us, please. Inspire us. Take us out of our comfort zone and allow us to live with a very different outcome. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.